The VPM Daily Newscast is sponsored by Kanawa Capital Management. Your financial life is unique, complex, and dynamic. Kanawa Capital Management's team of credentialed professionals has been helping its clients build wealth and confidence through personalized planning and informed investing since 1989. Learn more at cancap.com. That's K-A-N-C-A-P.com. I'm Benjamin Dolly, and this is the VPM Daily Newscast. Virginia Military Institute is under fire for allegations of rampant racism. Governor Ralph Northam, who's a VMI graduate, is launching an investigation. Whitney Evans reports. A Washington Post investigation details the personal experiences of black students at VMI. They recall a white professor reminiscing about her family's history with the KKK, as well as threats of lynching by other cadets and the glorification of the Confederacy. They are a tax-funded school. And we cannot allow this current culture to continue. Delegate Jennifer Carol Foy was one of the first black women to graduate from VMI. She described some of her experiences as egregious. There is definitely room for much needed improvement. Carol Foy, who's also running for governor, says the school should require diversity training and adopt a zero tolerance policy for discrimination, among other actions. Governor Northam is proposing an amendment to the state budget to pay for the investigation. Whitney Evans, VPM News. Early voting comes to a close in Virginia on Halloween. That's a week from Saturday. Commissioner Chris Piper told the Board of Elections that despite a few hiccups, the early voting process has been successful in Virginia. Patrick Larson has more. As of Monday night, 1.3 million Virginians had voted early, either by mail or in person. 34.3% of our total turnout in 2016. That is remarkable. That's Elections Commissioner Chris Piper speaking to the Board of Elections. Data from the Virginia Public Access Project shows that 68% of those people are first-time early voters. So far, almost half of voters have been 61 or older. Piper also said that the wait for mail-in results will be shorter in Virginia than many other states. Localities must have their results finalized within a week of Election Day. Mail-in ballots will be counted if they are received by noon on Friday, November 6th. Patrick Larson. VPM News. An inadvertently slashed cable caused outages and halted online voter registration last Tuesday, the original deadline for voter registration applications. A federal judge ordered that the Department of Elections keep registration open for an additional two days. Elections Commissioner Chris Piper said the extension was a success. In looking at the numbers, we had over 24,000 applications come in during that time. Piper says local registrars were still able to record early in-person votes with provisional ballots during the outage. Almost 6 million Virginians are registered to vote in this year's election. Three cases of COVID-19 were reported at Henrico School Facilities on Monday, bringing the total case count this month to 10. The latest cases were reported at Glen Allen Elementary, Seven Pines Elementary, and Rolfe Middle School. A total of 43 people have tested positive at Henrico Schools since August. Only one of them has been a student who was enrolled at a child care site at Henrico High School earlier this month. The Henrico School Board will decide Thursday whether all students will return to in-person instruction in November. Virginia's Board of Education approved changes last week to the state's current history curriculum to more accurately address black history. The edited curriculum will now include notable black historical figures and landmarks. High schoolers will also be taught the history of lynchings in the United States. The Board of Education's president, Dan Gecker, says the goal of these changes is to tell a more fair version of history. Our children ought to be taught a full and fair version of history, not a single point of view version of history. 
and this is an effort to incorporate all points of view into our history curriculum. Changes to the current curriculum are effective immediately. Gecker says more comprehensive changes to the state's standards of learning are expected next year and would take effect in 2022. Confederate Avenue in Richmond's north side could soon get a new name. As Roberta Roldan reports, City Council's Transportation Committee approved the renaming yesterday afternoon. The three-member committee voted unanimously to move forward with changing Confederate Avenue to Laburnum Park Boulevard. The ordinance is being proposed by council members Kim Gray and Chris Hilbert. Confederate Avenue is a four-block residential street in Richmond's north end, bordered by Brook and Hermitage Roads. City officials sent a survey to homeowners in June and say 75% agreed with the renaming. The street's most famous resident is Democratic Senator Tim Kaine. The proposed renaming is expected to receive a final vote from City Council on November 9th. Roberta Roldan, VPM News. Applications are open for the Henrico County Microenterprise Relief Fund, which aims to help small businesses struggling as a result of the pandemic. A microenterprise is a business with five or fewer employees, including the owner. Under the relief program, these businesses can apply for a grant between $3,000 and $10,000 to cover expenses like payroll, rent, and utilities. The application period for the grants began on Monday and will continue until all of the funds are distributed. The fund is coordinated between Henrico County and the Virginia Local Initiative Support Corporation. More information and an application are available at virginialisc.org. The Atlantic State's Marine Fisheries Commission is cutting how many Menhaden fish can be caught by 10% over the next two years. Harvest for the 2021 and 2022 fishing seasons will be capped at just over 194,000 tons. The move comes after 25 years of conservation efforts and uses new criteria to evaluate the Menhaden population's role in the ecosystem. In a statement, Chesapeake Bay Foundation scientist Chris Moore said setting a new limit will help Menhaden fulfill their key role in the food chain. During a recent forum hosted by VPM and NBC12, four mayoral candidates laid out their vision for Richmond Public Schools for the next four years. Alan Rodriguez-Espinoza breaks down their education plans as voters head to the polls. One of the biggest criticisms of Richmond Public Schools has been of its worsening graduation rates, which have gone from around 80 to 70 percent within the past five years. For Latino students, they're even lower at around 30 percent. Alexis Rogers, a local workers' rights advocate and the state director for the nonprofit Care in Action, says RPS must improve its language services to lessen the burden on English learners. Children are translating for their parents to discuss their grades and their performance in schools. That is a grave injustice that impacts their learning and their performance in our school system. Councilwoman Kim Gray, a former member of the Richmond School Board, says increasing the district's focus on jobs training will help students stay enrolled and keep them from dropping out. I'd like to see an all-out partnership between um, construction trades, between law enforcement, EMTs, um, getting our young people certifications and training along with their diplomas. Attorney Justin Griffin also supports an increase to jobs training and slammed the physical condition school facilities are in as one of the district's biggest failures. Finally fixed the school buildings which were demanded of the current mayor but we never got a complete proposal for that. The city promised five new school buildings when Mayor LeVar Stoney raised the meal tax in 2018. Only three have been built. Still, Stoney calls that progress. My administration has provided uh, historic funding to Richmond Public Schools, $30 million in new money to Richmond Public Schools over the course of the last four years. And he says the funding to RPS must continue. This summer, he offered up another source of capital to build more schools. 
the legalization of marijuana and cannabis. Rogers also backs raising funding for schools and investing in other areas that affect school families, such as childcare and infrastructure. It's not just about having a chopped up sidewalk or a stretch of land that doesn't have a sidewalk. It's about that walk to school. But Griffin and Gray say throwing more money at the problem won't fix it. Instead, they both call for reworking the current RPS budget of $350 million. Sending more money that goes to the central office doesn't serve our students. We put more money in and we're not getting any better results. VPM spoke with several RPS educators. One of them is Beth Almore, an elementary school orchestra teacher. She says funding is still very much an issue and oftentimes the burden falls on educators. Every teacher spends their own money. Every time I go shopping, I buy uh, supplies for my students, and I'm sure every teacher does as well. She says her biggest priority is choosing a mayor that supports collective bargaining for teachers so they can negotiate working conditions and requirements and their pay. According to the Economic Policy Institute, the gap between wages for teachers and for other college-educated workers is one of the largest in the country. We basically need a mayor who will close that pay gap by any means necessary. Educators also hope this would address one of the district's biggest challenges, getting teachers to stay. A large majority of students at RPS are black, and the number of English learners continues to grow. Teachers VPM spoke with said they want a mayor who will address issues of race and social justice for their students. In order for them to do well in school, they have to feel that school is a safe place that recognizes their concerns. This is an area where Superintendent Jason Cameras has received praise for his advocacy of LGBT and minority students. Cameras was sworn in in 2018, and his contract is up in June of next year. During the VPM NBC 12 forum, Stoney was the only candidate to endorse his contract renewal. Alan Rodriguez Espinosa, VPM News. All the stories you've heard can be found online at vpm.org news. This has been the Daily VPM Newscast. VPM. There are so many issues playing out in RVA. I mean, pretty much anyone will tell you. There's definitely a lot of poverty. Finding affordable housing. Traffic, public transportation. Climate change and heat islands. Trying to find childcare in Richmond area. I'm Rich Marr, host of a new VPM podcast called RVA's Got Issues. Listen to the podcast starting May 22nd. Do you have issues with RVA? Haven't found out yet. (laughs) Okay, good. (laughs)